Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Tom, this is uh, this is gonna be our first reunion show. Oh man! For for a short time today, we're bringing back the Tom and Tim show. Oh, we got no. Tim Muddy Waters. No, Timmy Waters. What's happening, brother? How are you? Doing well. No complaints whatsoever. Good. Look at you. Still got hair in your head and everything. It's a little gray, but you still got hair there. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Where are you now? Are you are you up north, like you in Vancouver, or where? Yeah. No, I live uh, full. T- well, I live in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Gotcha. Okay. We lived 21 years in Phoenix, and about two years ago, we moved down to Tucson, and we split time between here and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Oh, that's right. Beautiful. I was actually up in Marquette uh, probably about a month ago. I made a little presentation up there. There we go. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. So so we're going to bounce around just a little bit here for one second. So a little background. Uh, Tim uh, and I played together in Los Angeles, and uh, when Robbie Fatorik and Brian Maxwell coached us, they just loved Tim and Tom. They had us together all the time. And they, they would have us, it became like a running joke with the team, Tim and Tom, Tim and Tom, because they would always say Tim and Tom. And then late in the game, you know, if we're up by two or three goals or five goals, whatever, you, you two just take a rest, you know, because you know, now you, you've done your job. Like we were treated like we were Wayne Gretzky and Yeri Curry. <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, it was hilarious. I talked to Luke Ro- Robitaille lately, or a, a while ago, and he was laughing about it too. He says, listen, it wasn't your guy's fault. I mean, nothing you do. You got to go on the ice. But, Remember the one time they dressed like it was seven defensemen and they played you and I every shift, every other shift. Remember that game? That was hilarious. I think Marty McSorley was on the bench and he was going nuts. He was losing his mind. So I leading into that a little bit, do you remember a certain game in Detroit? When the benching? And and we were four, it was a four on four situation. Right. The two forwards was Gretz right. and Bernie Nichols. Right. Face off in the neutral zone. Gretz gets ready for the face off and he looks back and sees Tom and Tim out here and he just rolled his eyes. Right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great feeling when Wayne Gretzky rolls his eyes at you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you and I looked at one another. Oh. The puck got dropped and I think it went D to D and we dumped it in and we changed. <laughs> And oh, Ma- I know. Maxie and Robbie on the bench, like, what happened? What? Oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, they just loved us, right? They thought we were the best thing ever. Right? Oh, God. Remember, we had that one playoff series against Edmonton where Norm Lacombe and Sean Simpson, or is it Sean Simpson? Or, or Craig Simpson. Craig Simpson, that's right. They were playing against us the whole time, and their job was to run us in the end boards all the time. Remember this? 
And we finally said, enough's enough. And you submarine in the comb. He went face first to the boards. And I elbowed uh, Simpson and said, that was about the end of that. <laughs> we were terrible. Oh, nasty. <laughs> nasty people like that. All right. So let's uh, back up a little bit and talk about your life growing up. Where did you grow up? What part of the country are you from? I'm uh, originally from Kamloops, British Columbia. Oh, that's right. That's right. So started off as a defenseman when you were a young kid playing hockey? Well, I, uh, uh, not, not, not really. I, uh, I started as a forward, but I wasn't a good enough skater. So they put me back on defense. See, that's why you and I get along so well. I was the same way. I couldn't skate at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. It was a neighborhood coach. Uh, he kind of wanted me on the team because his son was on the team and we we're buddies. And, oh. uh, and I was actually, uh, talking with this coach's son recently oh. and, uh, yeah, they put me back on defense, and it was the best move ever. Just because it, from there, I, it, things flourished from there on. It right. Was awesome. So you were always on the travel teams and all that kind of stuff coming up. I was barely. Oh, okay. Nah, come on. You're you're saying that? Uh, no, I I'm serious. I, I was a. It wasn't until I was sixteen or seventeen that, you know, right. it was I, I started getting better, and I was. Played a bigger role on those travel teams right. back then. So you ultimately get a scholarship to go to Michigan Tech University. Yes, I, I was uh, playing. Uh, uh, it was uh, British Columbia Junior League in Kamloops. Kamloops oh. had two teams back in the day. Right. They had a BC Junior League team and they had a Western League team also. Right. The Kamloops Chiefs and I played most of the year with the uh, with the the Kamloops Braves. Right. And but I was fortunate enough back when you could get away with a little bit. I played a few games major junior. Oh, you did get away with that. Okay, yeah, nice. And then, so uh, did you have other schools uh, that were recruiting you? Uh, Denver University in North oh. Dakota. Oh, you wouldn't. Wow. Did you did you look at Northern Michigan? No, they never. Uh, they wouldn't look at me. Uh, yeah, I actually talked to the coach recently. He got he his trick was we had to recruit. The first year I was there was the first year they had the team, so he had he wanted to recruit groups of players, guys that knew each other. That was kind of the draw to go there. So yeah, I guess there was nobody from BC out there. So uh, yes, there was. There was uh, Steve Bozak. But that was later on. That was he came the first year. It wasn't that he came in as uh, when I was a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. So he ultimately got that. So you started what years? 76, 77 was your first year of college? No, 77, 78. Oh, was okay. Okay. Good. Good. Timmy Waters at Michigan Tech, Tom Laid Ladner. We're like an hour and a half away from, hour and a half away from each other. Did we ever play against each other in Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech? I don't think we did. I think once. Right. Would have been a, would have been a, like a preseason game back then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, so did you get drafted by an NHL team? I did. So it was actually when when you were and I when you and I were at the uh, the national team training camp. Oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, yes. but did you so make that team? That yes, is that is a long story we can tell. Well, we've heard it. You know, and when I was the funny thing, uh, so this is when I went out with a couple of former teammates or former NHL players and had a few uh, cocktails and decided to put the furniture on top of the car. So I, you know what, buddy? I actually thought that that was a great idea at the time when I'm doing it. I'm thinking this is really funny. This is good. Oh, I'll never forget when Father Bar comes out the next morning, hands me my plane ticket, sends me home. That was classic. Tim, were you like looking at this guy saying, "What an unforced error that guy just pulled"? No, he was happy because it increased his chances yeah. of making the team. Yeah. He didn't care. He didn't care about me at all. I didn't even hear about it till a week later. Oh, is that right? Oh, no, God. I didn't. Oh, jeez. 
stupid. It's one of those things you look back at and go like, Tom, what were you thinking about? All right. So you, uh, so you spent how many years at Michigan Tech now? So I spent two year two years there, and then I made that Olympic team in 1980. Right. right. So, uh, so I took a year off and then had the option. I could have turned pro with Winnipeg at that point. But really what, uh, what happened, I, I says to myself, if I turn pro at this point, there's no way I was going to get a degree. So I made that conscious decision and said, well, uh, a week after the Olympics, I was back at school at Michigan Tech. Went to school that spring, that summer, and the whole next year, and uh, it made me that year away really helped me both on and off the ice. It was really yeah. a good, a huh. good situation. So you didn't play it all that year? You, you skipped a whole year? No, no. I went back. Uh, I went back, and then I played that following fall. Oh, but I made up all those. I made up all those classes, and I oh. was prepared to. Uh, I knew I could graduate if I graduate if I turned pro at that point. Okay, gotcha. So, I, so ended up, I ended up three years at Michigan Tech rather than four. Good. Excellent. Okay. How was the Olympic experience for you guys? For, for me, it was outstanding. Oh. I, I mean, I, I loved every second of it. It was uh, – some of the guys weren't happy with it. We lived in those APCO trailers, remember, training oh, that's camp? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some guys weren't too happy about it. It was a kind of a shoestring budget. Yeah. For me, it was one of the best – it was the first time ever that I could play hockey full-time. Right. And to me, I loved it. It was having, you know, right. we were, the guys were all together living in this little echo trailer across the parking lot from the, the rink. So, That's right. you know, we, you know, trained every day, you know, off the ice, on the ice. So it, it, for me, it was an a awesome experience. You're making somebody jealous right now. Oh yeah. Especially the way I screwed it up. Yeah. I, I really, I really felt like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to represent the country being the Olympic team. And that was, I remember crawling home with my tail between my legs after that one. I was, yeah. And so who else was on that team? Glenn Anderson was on the team? Yeah, Glenn Anderson, uh, Jim Nill. That's right. Uh, Randy Gregg. Paul McClain too, right? Paul McClain. Right. Don Spring. Oh, yeah. Um, and you uh, played with Don I, Spring in, in Winnipeg as well, right? Yes, exactly. So Don and I were, t were uh, partners at, on the Olympic team, and we were partners – uh, probably my first two years on and off in Winnipeg. Wow. Wow. We recently did a show with uh, Jim Kite. He was fantastic. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah. I did not realize he was totally deaf like that. I, I knew he had a hearing problem, but that was amazing to have a career that he did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's quite a guy too. He's very interesting. Oh, he is. Oh, <laughs> that's another show. Did he, he tell you he was a really good dancer back in the day? Oh, no, I did not hear that. Jeez. I wish I'd known that. Oh, God. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> uh, a very good dancer. Very good. Okay. Okay. Very good. With Was he clothes? Was he dancer? Oh, yes, he was. Oh, okay. But he could shake it. Big oh, yeah, seriously? He was a good dancer? I mean it, yes. Oh, God. We got to get him back on now. Had to another show on dancing. No, that's good. All right. So, how many years did you end up playing in Winnipeg? Seven. Okay. Good. Do you remember your uh, your first goal in your rookie year? Oh heck yeah! Who was it? Who'd you score on? Joe Malash. Oh okay. North okay. Stars. Good. How how many total goals did you get in the National Hockey League? Well, they, wait. Let's stop right there because this is how a great many question. Did you get? Well, here we go. Yeah. So who who thinks they had more goals? Oh, I definitely had more goals. No question. Tim, what do you think? I think it's pretty close. Pretty close. Well, Laidlaw had 25. Yeah. And Tim had 26. Oh, is that right? So oh, he's got no. you. Can you, can you imagine that we're that close in goals? How many how many total years did you get in the NHL? 
13. 13 years you had me, Michelle. So there's, yeah, a couple, I, there's a couple half years in there, though. Yeah. Uh, so so you had seven seasons in Winnipeg. Did you get traded to L.A., right? How did that no, happen? Uh, Winnipeg offered me a, a termination contract. Oh, okay. So I could have signed that termination contract and have one year left in Winnipeg. But they did not. They weren't planning on playing me. Oh. And so John Ferguson, uh, bless his heart, um, who, who he did me a favor. He said, here's a termination contract. You can, you know, you have the month of May, I think back in the day, sure. you can go wherever you want and you're a total free agent basically. Right. Or and have- no team was interested. Right. I could sign the termination contract sure. and get my last year, you know, in, right. in Winnipeg or whatever they did, wanted to do with me. Did you have an agent working for you at that time? Uh, at that point, I did prior to the termination contract, I didn't, but on an hourly basis, Don Baisley, oh, okay. um, who was from Winnipeg, yeah, and he heard stories about me, I heard stories about Don, and we finally hooked up and he helped me get the con- my first contract in LA. Oh, did he? Okay, well, that was Rogi the GM at that time, he, uh, yes, he was, yeah, Rogi, Rogi Vanshaw. So that's right. So then, so that season was what? 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. That's the first year of, of Gretzky. Also oh, waters and Gretzky both come in the, the Kings at the same time. What a, that shook up that organization right there. Those two guys. So three weeks after I signed that contract, in right. fact, I think John Tonelli and I signed, signed on the same day. Oh, and I think it was three weeks later. The Gretzky trade happened. Wow. Wow. That, that was some, remember those days like we were sitting there watching that happen. As a player, and I'm thinking to myself, no way, it's not going to happen. You start hearing things in the morning. Then when it happens, you're like, oh, we were playing with Wayne Gretzky. Well, so here's, here's, I'll tell you a story on that. Yeah. I'm in Winnipeg and I had a little repair in my shoulder that I get done. I was on my, on my way to the clinic for rehab in a, a little car I had. Yeah. And the radio was down by the floor. I was, oh, wow. Listen right. to this. Gretzky got traded. Yeah, I rear-ended someone. <laughs> it ended up being a four-car accident. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Oh my! Oh, good. So, did we start playing together right away when we got tra- when you got there? I can't remember. I I don't remember training camp uh, yeah. for certain reasons. <laughs> we back in the day. Like that team was incredible, right? Did we go to a hole that for that training camp, or was that in uh, no, Victoria? Victoria, that's right. So we had this veteran team, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Timmy, myself, Dave Taylor. Larry, was Larry Robinson there yet? No. No, John Tonelli. There. So this veteran team, right? So training camp is an opportunity for the little bonding to take place back then. Man, we had some fun. <laughs> Are you guys practicing at all, or just? Oh no, there's practice two two day practices. So we we skated really hard, uh, but we were <laughs> going harder at night. Didn't go get a lot of sleep. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so here, true story. <laughs> uh probably three three days in a training camp, Maxi comes up to me and says, Timmy, what are you doing? And you played with him in, in Winnipeg too, right? Yes. Yeah. What are you doing? You're awful. <laughs> I'm, I'm drunk over here, man. Time out. That's oh. all I needed to hear. Oh that's I funny. went on the wagon. Oh, did you? Oh yes. I did. And Shit. it was because because nobody knew me and right. In LA, right. you know, I was this guy in Winnipeg that would slash everybody and whatever. Right. Yeah. At training camp, and they know, I don't know them. They don't. They don't know me. Yeah. And it was like yeah. after three days, it was like, 
you know, I was trying to get to know everybody and right. be one of the guys. And it was right. like, oh gosh, I, I got to go and I can't do this. Otherwise, I won't make the team. And I barely made the team that year. Did you really? Oh, wow. I didn't I remember it that way. Wow. Because that team was a fun bunch of guys, right? Like, you know, as Wayne Gretzky, I have total respect for a fantastic athlete, but he could pound his beers too. Like, he, he loved that part of the game, like having the guys all together. And man, remember that we would walk back to the hotel from the rink? There was some bar restaurant up on a hill, kind of. Remember that? And you'd have to walk. And if you didn't want to, it's like you'd have to sneak by the bottom of the hill to get back to your hotel. Somebody would be yelling at you. He was the one who was usually yelling at you to get up there and have a beer with him. In Victoria? Oh. Yeah. Don't you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember. I'll never forget one more. I said, that's it. I've got to get back there and have some sleep. You know, we skated in the morning. Oh, so we must be done skating because they're sitting up there having beers and we've been out for days. And I'm trying to get back to the hotel and, you know, it's Wayne Gretzky. And he comes out and he tells you to get up there and have a beer. What do you do? You're having a beer. You're having a beer. I remember thinking, oh, my God. But then, you know, like you know, an hour into it, where's the plaza? Let's just keep on going and, you know, power through it. Oh, Tim God. was too busy getting in hockey shape during, during that time. Oh, God. We actually, we skated hard, though. Like, we still got our work done in practice. Yeah. But, oh, man. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Those were fun times, yeah. Yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, how was your experience on that team? Because we, we talked about it with former Kings guys from that era, and it's like you're playing on the Beatles at that point. Yeah. Uh, it was okay. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, Is that true, though? Oh, man. I mean, what a change. Because I was there when it was the purple and gold jerseys before Wayne, and it was still great. We had a good team. But then, yeah, Wayne shows up. and It was, uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was uh, – we were the talk of the town in LA. Everybody wanted to see us on the yeah. road. Yeah. It was, uh, it, at times it was a circus, but yeah. boy, we, it was fun. We, yeah. you know, coming, coming from Winnipeg, it was like, I never experienced anything like it. And yeah. it was, uh, it was a unique, unique experience and uh, right. loved every second of it. Yeah. Is that true? Like it really made a huge difference. Like I felt like it was a better hockey player, right? All of a sudden Wayne's going to be on the team. Yeah. That was good. So, so I retire in what the, the, I think the 98, 89, 90 season was my last season I played and you continued on for how many more years? Well, I played, uh, so I was under contract for LA for six years. Right. So I probably played there for four years full time. And then right. near the end of my career, I got sent down to, uh, the, the Phoenix Roadrunners, where oh, the farm team was. Right. And it ends up that uh, there was a little bit of a revolving door with defensemen. And right. it ends up, I spent more time back in LA uh, over my last two years. And it was, uh, I have a couple of good stories of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so near, near the end of my career, you want, I'll say, the second year before the end, I get sent down to Phoenix and I'm, and I'm kind of a player coach down there, a player right. assistant coach. Right. And which was, I, I felt that, you know, this is kind of my foot in the door for coaching down the road. Sure. So I, I was, I made a point of helping out all the defensemen do what I could. And, you know, and, uh, but Rennie Shapdelaine was a, a defense partner of mine and LA was going through a tough time. Paul Coffey got traded mm -hmm. away from LA. Rennie and I get uh, called up at the same time. Oh. Barry Melrose calls us into his office at the same time. Right. I remember this like yesterday. Right. Barry, we sit down in front of Barry, and Barry did not even look at us. His, his eyes are like this. 
you guys uh, might play one, two, maybe three shifts a game. Be ready. <laughs> and that was it. Okay. He turned around. Oh, that's funny. Oh. So we leave the office. We leave the coach's office in LA. Right. Rennie is pissed. Oh. He is. Yeah, because he's just a young kid getting started, right? He's a young guy yeah. getting started. And he is so angry. This is so BS. It's so like, and I remember looking at Rennie and said, Rennie, it's going to be the best two or three shifts I got. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. without a word of lie, three weeks later, uh, it's the morning after we played a game, and Cap Raider comes up to me. Good guy, Cap Raider, yeah. And he says, Muddy, how much do you think you played last night? I said, well, quite a bit. I mean, there was a lot of penalties. I killed a lot of penalties, and the guys got hurt and stuff like that. Right. He said, Muddy, you played more than any defenseman on our team and more than any defenseman on the other team. Oh, is that right? Wow. And I looked at him, I said, Cap, should I go in and renegotiate? <laughs> I was on a two-way contract at that point. Oh, were you? Were you? Oh, wow. Did and, you uh, did you negotiate with uh, Rogi or what would you do? The first year, uh, Don Baisley did it for me. Okay. And then after that, I did them myself. Yeah, I was doing it myself all the time. I was in L.A. And if Ro this is back when Bruce McNall, who ultimately went to jail, but it was great to us. Uh, he was owning the team, obviously. And uh, so if I wasn't getting what I wanted from uh, Rogi Vashon, I would just give Bruce a call and say, Bruce, uh, can I come into the office? And he said, what do you want, Tommy? Uh, this is what I want. He said, okay, I'll get that done for you. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving away other people's money anyways. He really didn't care. So <laughs> it, was, it was unfair to Rogi, but it just was like, God, we gotta, we got to get a contract done. Tim, what made you and Tom so effective as a, as a pair? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not your goal scoring, but. Two, yeah. def two defensive-minded defensemen. Yeah. And usually it isn't that way, right? Usually it's an offensive guy and a defensive guy. Yeah. But, and I think we, I think we have the ability to uh, shut down certain lines, and I think that kind of helped. You know, you know, I mean, we were a very offensive-minded team, so very, you know, no one was thinking defense basically. Yeah. So and you, got, think, you, you guys both like to use the lumber too, right? Yeah, lumber. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I remember. I don't remember. There's a game in Winnipeg. I'll never forget. It. You and I were killing a penalty, and I think it was Thomas Steed. I can't remember who it was. Cross-checked you in the back and knocked you down right in front of the referee. Referee didn't call it. So I figured, okay, this is a great opportunity. I'm just going to hammer him. And I cross-check him in the back and knocked him down. The referee, you didn't call it on him. You can't call it on me. Well, we were nasty. I think there's a little – like we were hard to play against too, right? Like the hooking and holding and spearing and punching in the face. and Like every yeah. every shift you're going to play against this was an adventure, right? It was – Yeah. You, know, you, yeah. You, you knew that you played against us. And I think, yeah. yeah, we were hard to play against. And, yeah. you know, you let people know. And yeah. – and, uh, I laugh at it because I got the crap beat out of me many oh, times. Yeah. yeah. That's the byproduct of playing like, but I think we both had to play like that to make it in the national hockey league. Right. We would not, have, if we didn't play that way, we would not have played the national hockey league. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. It's funny yeah. because like I had stints down in, in Phoenix and the guys would say, I know you played in LA. <laughs> That's true. So when I heard my back, I went down there too. And I played for like three or four games. I remember the guys were looking at me like, what? This is what a player looks like in the national hockey league. <laughs> because we're going down the minors too. We're not playing as nasty as we did during the NHL stints. And yeah, I remember a couple times. Like I should be carrying the mail from end to yeah. end. I said, what? Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. Me, I'll pass it to you again. Right. 
Remember, like, so one of the, the plays you make is like an automatic in the NHL is that you pretty much guaranteed coming out of your own zone. If you come around the net, there's going to be a winger on the hash boards there. So you don't even think you just get that puck to him. Like Tim and I, we did not want to carry the puck too often. Get the puck to that guy. We've done our job. Go down to the minors. I did that the first time. There's nobody there. I just <laughs> fired. The, I just instinctively fired the puck there. There's nobody standing there. Yeah. You know, it's because it's young kids that are just learning the game a little bit. So, oh God. Yeah. yeah. And I, true story. I, it, for me, for and for guys like you and I, it was easier to play yeah. in the NHL versus yeah. in the minors because definitely was because yeah. of that, guys. You know, you expected guys to play their position, and they were there when you expected them to be. But in the minors, it was it was a little different. And I think that that Tom asked a good question there too. I think one of the reasons we knew what our role was, we didn't try to do something that wasn't our role. We were not going to carry the puck end in. We weren't going to be in the power play. Move the puck up, clear out the front of the net, be a pain in the rear end to play against. That's that probably helped us a lot. So you played. So you've had those last two years where you're kind of player coach. So at that time when that contract expires, now you're done with your career. Yes, I, I was done. And did you start coaching right away? Well, I was fortunate enough that uh, Stevie Casper, yeah, uh, called me and he was at, he asked me if I was interested in being an assistant coach in Boston. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. So I I spent a year as an assistant uh, under Stevie and and Cap Raider. Cap was the other assistant. Right. Good. Just the one season there. I was just there one season, and then I had the opportunity to be the head coach at Michigan Tech. Oh, that's right. Yes, I forgot you went back there. Yeah. Well, I try and forget that too. Oh, why did? What? How many? What, what happened there? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go very well. Oh, really? Why? Recruiting or the team wasn't that good? Or well, it's uh, it was re- you know, so much of uh, the college game is recruiting, and yeah. I I was a outsider coming back into college hockey. I sh- I I really wish I would have got back into it as an assistant coach first to to get the lay of the land. It took me it took me three years to figure out what what was what and right. uh, uh it it was a great experience great learning experience and uh uh but after that it was i you know i opted to look for something else outside of hockey and we moved back to phoenix area and we lived in phoenix for well over 21 like 21 years so and you got in the real estate business correct yeah i was in commercial real estate i uh, leased and sold office buildings very good very good so a lot of uh you have a good personality to do that right you gotta get to get along with people or well, you got to get along with people, and you got to read the, you know, read the situation, and right. and understand, uh, you know, you know, you're working with brokers, you're working with tenants, uh, so it, and you're working with owners. So it, it was, I enjoyed it. It was a really good career for me after hockey. Right. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now, how many kids do you have? Three. That's right. Wow. Wow, That's right. How old are they now? (laughs) (laughs) They're older. So we have a... Our oldest boy lives in Traverse City. Oh, his name is Brian. Right, and he, he was buddies with your with yep. your son. my stepson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they're in Traverse City. He's married with a, with uh, uh, two boys, right. and our daughter is in Northern California and married with two kids. Wow, grandpa! And our youngest son is uh, in uh, just moved up to Portland, Oregon, uh, probably about six seven months ago. Oh, very good. Hey, Tim, do you have any, do you have more divorces than Tom? Or are you? He doesn't. Have, you got zero divorces, right? Zero, zero divorces. Yeah. How can a hockey player not get divorced? Sally, not... Sally, uh, saint of a woman, Saint Sally. Yeah, yeah, she's a saint of a woman. Yeah, yeah. Been married to you for how many years now? You been married? You don't. You better know. <laughs> yeah. How many? 81, 41, 42 years. years. Wow. 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 God. I was I was married twice and I don't have that many years. We told them all up. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good. No, we, so then, so you you do that, then you get an opportunity to go over to China. Yeah. Well, I was uh, working com- commercial real estate, and I'd been that was my career choice after. You know, I did that for twenty one years, right. and I, I saw an email go out through the the Kings alumni. Uh, was there anybody interested in? interest in coaching overseas in China you because right. I coached youth hockey in in the Phoenix area my whole time there sure. and I I would go over to LA and do help them with summer camps sure. you know through the season and in the off season and I saw this email coming at China yeah boy that'd be kind of a cool deal yeah and I looked into it Sally wasn't too keen that's right, because she did not go, right? You're going there by yourself? Uh, she didn't go, but she came over for a three-week visit. Okay. And I just thought, boy, yeah. I, I, I really like commercial real estate, but I wasn't in love with it. Right. And the opportunity, I said, well, gee, this is a two-year gig. I could go to China, and I've never really played overseas. And, you know, what, what an experience it would be. And it was sure. a really cool experience. Yeah. How was the language? Did you have a... Is that a problem? It's Chinese, Tom. Um, <laughs> I, I speak Chinese. It sounds like English, but it's really Chinese. Uh, all, all the kids in public schools and private schools are taught English in oh. China. Wow. And See, this so is, this is an education for you now. <laughs> yeah, right. Learn that. And so it was at times it uh, it was a pro- issue, but not not too bad of an issue. Okay. And then obviously you were saying before that you had a team over from China in LA when the pandemic hit, correct? Yes, exactly. So we had uh, uh, we had a, uh, like a peewee, a squirt team over in LA for a week-long camp and, and a little tournament. And right. as we were in LA, that's when the crap hit the fan and many of those kids and parents got stranded in LA for, for a while. Oh, that's right. Until they found ways back to... Um, to China, but uh, it, it was a it was a really interesting program. I'm so glad I got involved with it, and uh, a great experience for me. I saw, uh, you know, Sally came over for three weeks. We saw sites of China that I never dreamt I would ever see. Sure, 
It was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, did you watch me on Survivor? Oh, God. Um, here we go. The, well, I missed the final episode. I was in China. So, so did Tom. Yeah. He was a long gone. <laughs> Were you in China? I was, then? yeah. Oh, God. I thought I was, I was sitting there thinking, I hope Timmy's watching. Oh, that's all I thought about when I was in Fiji. <laughs> yeah. Right. I hope Timmy Waters is watching you walk around in my underwear. <laughs> yeah. So. So, Muddy, just go back to your Olympic experience, how good it was. Where, where ultimately did the team finish? What was the? Uh, we, were out of, we were out of the medal round. That's right. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate that, uh, you know, we were we were a team very much like the American team. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, all college amateurs, basically. Right. Uh, there was no pros at that point. And so, um, yeah, it was uh, – who was your goaltender? Um, uh, there was Bob Dupuis. Oh, okay. And he 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 came from senior hockey, Canadian oh, right? senior hockey oh. yeah, in Northern Ontario. Um, you know, there it was. It's so funny in the fact that I shouldn't say funny, but some of the players on that team were bitter and how how that that year went or or how it was run, right? And Instead of just enjoying the, instead of just enjoying the Olympic experience. Right? Well, yeah. Well, it was like a, a they thought it was a shoe shoestring budget, which right, it was right. kind of. Sure. But again, for me, for me, it was like first time playing hockey full time. Yeah. It was the experience of a lifetime for me, and sure. that's how how I enjoyed it. And right. I guess the one issue with the team. So there, there was a big contingent from University of Alberta, mm-hmm. which was Claire Drake. There was oh, yeah. a big contingent of players from University of Toronto, which is Tom Watt. Oh, that's right. And there was four U.S. American college players. Oh, uh, Brian Maxwell, or no, not Brian, uh, Kevin Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, I remember he was a nasty little guy too, wasn't he? Yeah, Glenn Anderson, yeah. Yeah. Ken Berry, and myself. Right. And then there was a few other. Uh, um, a few other guys make into the mix, um, right. you know, other, but it, big contingencies from University of Toronto, University of, of Alberta. Sure. And that, that was an, that was a little bit of an issue at times. Oh, uh, because Claire Drake and Tom Watt were legendary coaches. Right. And they had, they had different differences of opinion at, at times. Right. Of players roles on the team. Um, no, how the systems. Oh, okay. Tim, is it fair to say that you guys were one stay-at-home defenseman away from meddling? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what? You are such a shit disturber. Oh, you guys could have been a miracle. I'm liking you more. I, like, I know. I like your partner there, Tom. Picks on me all the time. Picks on me constantly. <laughs> oh, God. I told that story. You know what? I did not want to tell that story for many years. I, I didn't tell anybody that story, I don't think, for years. It's when I got going on all this True Grit Life stuff. You know, listen, if I, I got to, you know, I'm saying this stuff, I better live by it and use that as an example for people because that was embarrassing. That was just like, I, I went for years and like thinking to myself, like, I, I remember going back to Marquette, Michigan. So I told everybody there, I was really cocky. I said, I'm making this team because I really felt confident I was going to make the team. I was giving away my stuff and everything. I have this favorite little beanbag chair that I'd sit on, gave it all away. Now I got to come crawling back home. And, and first of all, saying that I didn't make the team. And then like, okay. Here's like, can I have the beanbag chair back, please? Yeah. I, I threatened the guy. I think, give me the beanbag chair back. Yeah. So, And I went into that year, the total opposite. I had no, really? I didn't know if I was going to make the team at all. 
Right. So yeah. the the winter before, uh, they had like about 40 guys. 20 went over to Europe. I was in that group and toured around. You toured around North America, correct? You in that well, other group? I was supposed to go to Europe, but I had a, I hurt my shoulder. Oh. And I ended up playing with the team in North America. Oh, okay. That was actually cool for us. Like, we got the chance to go over to Czechoslovakia, Germany, I think Sweden, and France. We played one game. Played some team from France. We 22 to nothing. I think I might have scored a goal even. But wow. Junior team? It, it was a pretty bad team, yeah. Uh, it's funny we're playing like this old wood building and I think, okay, we're going to play at the Olympics and now we're, we're doing this. Yeah, we, you know, I thought it was, it's interesting to talk about how players were kind of down or bitter about the fact that it was a shoestring budget. I thought it was fantastic just the, the touring around the year before and that was a blast. Yeah, I agree. I, it, to me, it was, an, for me, it was an experience of a lifetime. First time to play hockey full time for yeah, me. yeah. And I just, uh, I, I love the barracks. I, you know, we were all together there. Yeah. There's so many good stories that we had that year. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was a fun time. Yeah, it was too. So any regrets at all in this fantastic life you've had? Nada. Yeah. I like that answer. There you go. But don't, don't let them go so quick. Tim, can you give us a good Wayne story while, while you're here? Oh, I'm not done with him. Yeah. I just, good. Yeah. <laughs> good Wayne story. Didn't you want to use your sticks in practice or something? Is that... Well, the, the first year in LA, so I'm using uh, Easton sticks. And the reason I'm using Easton sticks is because when I cross-check someone, my stick doesn't break. <laughs> Back in the day, you cross-check someone, you break your stick, two minutes in the box. Right. So um, that year during practice, Wayne is using my stick. In and why the, we didn't understand why why are you like and he's making these passes that oh my i said that's bs grats show yeah. me show me how to do that <laughs> it wasn't the stick it wasn't the stick <laughs> and uh yeah he was amazing because that that stick i used was a club yeah <laughs> that's right and, and his was kind of his was kind of a club too like i did his stick sometimes like how does he play with that yeah, it yeah. was it was pretty thick, uh, yeah. a thick piece of lumber back in the yeah. day. Yeah, and so he used my stick in practice, and it was like so. Uh, after after the first year in uh, in L.A., he signs the Big Easton contract. That's right. And Jim Darby is the Easton rep. He's a baseball guy. He has no clue about right. hockey sticks. Right. And so I go up to Jim. I said, Jim, Gretz is using my sticks this whole year. He gets a this big contract. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, were you in training camp when we went up to Hull for training camp? Yeah. Okay, so this is a story that might get us in a little bit of trouble, but well, we'll go for it. We'll spice things up a little bit. Remember the so in the morning, first day of training camp, we do all the physicals, and then we're going to have a meeting at night. So we've got the whole afternoon to kill. So we decided to have a little team bonding session at a uh, Canadian ballet place. Do you remember this? No. What, <laughs> what do you mean Canadian ballet, Tom? <sighs> One of those places where I, I didn't know this was going to happen. When we walk in, these girls are taking their clothes off, and it's, I don't know what I guess it's called a strip joint oh, or something oh. like that. Yeah. So we're with Wayne. I remember. So we start, because uh, Larry Robbins is there as a whole bet. So we start having a few beers, and uh, we got to go back to the meeting now, pierogi. And we're, I remember us all, and you and I must have said it to each other 10 times, well, we're with Wayne, so it's okay. We could do it. <laughs> so we're a bunch of little kids. We go back to this meeting, and we're halfway in the bag, and we're giggling like little kids. I felt so bad for Rogi, but. It was actually a fun time. Like the whole team got together there. The guy, all the veteran guys. That was fun. I know it would have been great if you were there, but unfortunately you weren't there because you didn't go to those places. 
uh, we had a blast. I'll tell you, I, I'm the same as you. I had, uh, you had 13 seasons. I had 11 and, uh, I'm assuming for you, you look back and say that to say like at 18 years old, that somebody told me I was going to play in the NHL for 13 years with our skill level. That's, uh, it was pretty good. It was a dream come true. I mean, I have no regrets. I mean, you know, I, and some of the things you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Oh, yeah. I got the oh. crap beat out of me so many times. Yeah. And well, you know what? Yeah, oh, totally you did. Yeah. But you know what? I look back at your career and I can say you could probably say to yourself, I got the most out of my career possible, right? Like you, you, and I'd say this is a total compliment to you. It wasn't skill that drove you. It was like you just sure will and desire out there. Well, like I, you, I, I tell people this is that my claim to fame was to last as long as I did with as little talent as I had. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you did it just by your heart and guts. And yeah. Yes, but you did stir the pot. Doing stuff that other people didn't want to do. And you just yeah. kind of. Yeah. Tim, did you have a lot of scraps? Well, uh, the guys, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I really fought, but I got beat up a lot. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, like for you, like you wouldn't just pick on smaller players. Like you pick on everybody. Like you yeah. stir the pot with everybody. Marty McSorley, oh, whoever it was. Marty, uh, Dave, I remember Dave Brown just. So here is a story. So we're in L.A. I think it was probably, our, I don't know. Uh, Edmonton send all the tough guys out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Is that when somebody went after uh, Messier at the start of the game? Didn't, didn't McSorley go after Messier or something? That... I don't know. But it, I think that this game held, was held a record for most penalty minutes in yeah. the NHL game. Right. So who I who do I get paired up with? I remember Dave that. Brown. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So I get in tight. You know, I'm holding him in tight, and he's just – ripping on the top of my head i thank goodness i have my helmet on right but this is hurt he's those big guys like oh, that he's a big man they're just hammering down on my head and i'm in tight and oh, i the next day my head was so sore i had bruises on my head but the fight breaks up finally it's a five on five brawl so there's no right. he, there's no one to save him. yeah and uh so eventually it breaks up and i remember going by the edmonton bench in my helmets on sideways, I looked at John Muckler and said, is that all you got? Oh, did you say that to him? <laughs> that was typical of you, too. It wasn't just the physical part. Like, you were yapping all the time, nice too. Like you're, oh, you were giving it to him. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, That's funny. And I think in that – I watched that video. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it, it started up again, too, and you got tied up Brown twice, I think. They got away from him and then got back together. Who'd I you, remember seeing that. Who would you have, Tom? I was up in the stands. I was retired, I think. Or, or I was doing radio work, maybe, at that time. I don't know. Thank well, God. I – I think it was a different game. Oh, okay. And uh, but the game there that was a another five on five brawl, and I remember Mike Allison was in the thick of that. That's right, too. Yeah, Mike Allison. Yeah. And uh, Tony Granado was in it. Yeah. And it was, I mean, at least three of the guy Edmonton guys, Dave Brown. Yep. I remember Kelly Bookberger was going at it too, right? Bookberger, yeah. Buka Boom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three heavyweights. I mean, these guys were all six six, and it was like. And wasn't that Czech defenseman we had? What was his name? Peter Praisler. That's right. He finally got fed up and took a swing at somebody. Remember that, though? Yeah, yeah just popped someone. Too bad he had he, yeah. he had his glove on, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think that was probably the first time he ever fought. Like, he didn't know what he was yeah. doing at all. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, the Oilers were tough teams back then, too. They were they were good and tough. Well, you guys got them in 89, though, too. Yeah, 89. We were down, what, three games to one and came back and won that series, right? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. I remember that. That was a fun series. Was game seven in L.A., too? Yes, it was. Didn't uh, Cruiser score the overtime winner? I think so, yeah. That's right. Well, that was a good series. Because they were cocky, too. They were up 3-1 on us. I remember one of the things, uh, Issa Tikkanen, 
uh, when they left after game four, or was it? It must have been game. I went one of the games when they left LA. Uh, he said something to the trainers. Oh, we'll see you next year. Like kind of insinuating that they were going to finish off the series. And the trainer came and told us and that was kind of a little, got us going. A little Put it on too. the board. Yeah. Tim, Tim, I want to jump ahead and ask you about it. Cause you were there in 93 as well for that run, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you guys want to strangle McSorley when he took that, that penalty? Well, you know what? Marty was a big part of the team and uh, you know what? Stuff happens and you don't know, you know, he got away with it for a while. He was he got a penalty for an illegal curve. If anybody doesn't remember, right? right. Yeah, I mean that's it's just one of those things. I mean, we never would have got there without Marty because Marty yeah. was a huge part of our team that year. Yeah. And uh, you know, stuff happens. How how they picked his stick? Well, yeah, that, that's, well, there was some shenanigans with that, right? Well, it's famous in Montreal. They had the trainer, so the the visiting trainer. Would when nobody was around, he'd measure all the sticks and he'd go back and tell the Montreal team whose sticks were illegal. But we knew that yeah. though too, right? We knew that was going on. So, but uh, you you know what, Marty, that was really good the way you put that because Mar- Marty really was a huge part of that team in so many ways. Like he made himself into a good player. Obviously, stood up for all his teammates. Uh, he was good. No know? question about it. So I have no, you know, we, you know, we made an unbelievable run, and unfortunately. Uh, that kind of popped our bubble and we just never recovered from that overtime loss that year. Uh, But what a run it was. We, no one ever dreamt. I think we were the last team to make the playoffs that year. Well, that Toronto series was a good series too. That that was good. Yeah. They had that huge upset. I got my, I got my my teeth knocked out in that series. Oh, did you? By who? Who knocked them out? Marty. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you want to strangle him then uh, 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 that's funny that's funny so uh, marty's, marty's I, going I, the wrong way someone trying to go down the middle and he got going the wrong way and he swung around and the heel of his stick caught me right in the mouth oh is that right i, so I lost three upper teeth three Oof. two front teeth and then knocked six back in the bottom i was in the dental chair till about four in the morning oh is that right eh? well yeah. We got all fake ones now. Fake in there. Nice, looking good. Minor new ones too. I got new ones. People always ask, right? Those are your teeth. You're a hockey player. Those are your teeth. Oh yeah, they're are. We it, paid for them. Man. We had we had Clint Malarchuk on, and he's a horse dentist, and he really liked Tom's teeth. He was he was impressed. So <laughs> it's bonus for us. Mal- had you know Clint Malarchuk? What a good guy. I was gonna say, yeah. I thought you knew him. Yeah, he was funny. He was a good guy. So he, I didn't know him real well, but. I'll, can I tell you a story about Clint? Yes, you can. You're going to it anyways. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm playing in in Phoenix for the Roadrunners. Right. And he is in Vegas uh, playing for the, the American League team or I don't know if it's American League team or Central League in uh, in Vegas. So we're playing there. And the coach there is Strum. Oh, yeah. Bob and, Mar- and Marty's brother. Oh. He was <laughs> so, in that case, too. He's nutty. So... Clint comes up to me after a game and he said, Muddy, what did you do to McSorley and Strum? Because they hate you. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the last time we played them, so I'm lining up in the neutral zone and they are chirping me. To the, really? The face-offs in the neutral zone. They're just all over me. Right. <laughs> This is so bad. No, no, it's never bad with you, Timmy. Come on. You're the, what, what'd you do? Fire the fuck out of him? What did you do? No. I, so I look, look at them. Right. And I say, I say to Marty's brother, 
Oh, be quiet. I'll come and visit you in jail in Buffalo in the summer. Oh, <laughs> what, what, what was that from? I don't know. And then I look at Strummer and I say, you shit bag. <laughs> Give it down back there. And their whole bench almost laughed and they looked. Oh, it's all right. And they sent out a guy to beat the crap out of me the next next shift. Oh, they... And then every game after that, it was like they wanted to kill me. Oh, is that right? Eh? Or, you know, rightly so. But uh, weren't uh, you in camp when uh, Marty's brother was in camp with us too in LA? I guess. Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember he came through and I went to just step up and hit him and he fell down face first, ran into my knee, knocked him out cold. I'm thinking, oh, this is great. Now I'm going to go to old training camp with two McSorley's chasing me around all the place. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. One more good story. Come on, give me your best story of all time. Winnipeg, LA Kings. Mm. Laidlaw. No, I can't tell a story. Okay, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you. Uh, my rookie year in, in Winnipeg. Right. Uh, so I make the team, and they tell me, to, they tell Sally and I to get an apartment in Winnipeg. We get an apartment. I play one game. Minus three. I don't play for like three or four games. Oh. No one talks to you back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing. Team mm. goes on the road to Calgary. They leave me in Winnipeg. Oh. <laughs> You're the only one by yourself? Like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> they come oh. back. Oh, you're going to Tulsa. They send me down to Tulsa where the farm team was. Yeah. And Sally stays in, in Winnipeg. So I go down and uh, I get picked up at the airport by a guy by, by the name of Rick Bonus. Oh, Bonus! He's the he's the player assistant coach. He's kind oh. of an assistant coach down there. Right. And he asks me, he picks me up, and he said, "Well, what they tell you? Well, well, I'll only be down for a couple of weeks." Right. He he laughed in my face. Can't they tell it to everybody? Uh, that's funny. And I'm like, what? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> and so he picks me up, and I, I end up playing uh, five games in Tulsa, and it's going on two weeks. And I and I called Sally. I said, Sally, no one's saying anything. Why don't you pack up two, you know, our two big trunks and come on down, and we'll go from there. Because they had me move into an apartment with a, right. a roommate. Uh, his name was Sandy Beetle. Sandy Beetle. And bless his soul, he's he passed a few oh. years ago. Uh, but um, I move in with him. Sally gets down there this afternoon, you know, like one afternoon. She, right. uh, and we it's a Saturday night. I remember it's a Saturday night game. She comes to the game. We're back at the apartment. It's 2, two o'clock in the morning and the phone rings. You're getting called back. Tim, we want you at the airport at 7. <laughs> Poor Sally. <laughs> <laughs> so I I meet the team in Toronto playing play in Toronto, playing Colorado, Calgary. So so it's another week on the road. Sally is down in Tulsa with Sandy. She got a, she got a roommate, yeah. <laughs> Sandy Beetle. <laughs> so we we're at the luggage terminal in Winnipeg, and I go up to Mr. Ferguson. Mr. Oh, yeah. Ferguson, is, is it all right if my wife comes back to Winnipeg? And if if you send me down. We'll drive down to Tulsa. Uh, yeah. he, he says, yeah. Oh, that's right. Poor Sally. So I didn't know that story. Sally, Sally came back, and then uh, they never said anything to me. And as guys got called up, I I called them and said, hey, could you grab that suitcase? There's another suitcase down there. 
and we're still missing stuff from Tulsa, but that's okay. Oh, that's fine. Good job. Well, you've had one heck of a career. Seriously, I really mean that. I, I think if you look at your career, like I said to you before, you really got a lot of it, but most out of it, probably more than most player, players I played with. Like more guys had more skill maybe, but you took your skill that you had made it a lot. So you're very proud of yourself. Well, I wasn't cheated, and uh, I had the pleasure of playing with guys like you and many other guys that helped me along. And, uh, you know, I, w I was really green when I came in and, and, and never – I think the thing is I never took anything for granted. And, yeah, and, that's for sure. You did not. Yep. And I think that helped me, given my skill situation, I think that helped me a lot. And and I checked the lineup board every, every game, make sure that I was yeah. playing or not playing. Okay. That yeah, is the great thing about not having. That's the great thing about not having much skill, right? You know, you're not going to survive on skill. You got to come to work. I'm serious. I really I think that's you know how you and I made it. Yeah, no question. Yeah. So I enjoyed every second of it, and uh, again, teammates like yourself and many many others, I have to give credit to, and and coaches too. I mean, they, you know, they help you know, help shape my career, and you know, just uh, it was special, special experience for me. Yeah. Tim and Tom, you're up. <laughs> Famous line. I'll never forget that. How many times that happened? Or turn top. Take a break. You've done your job. Yeah. You're a great teammate, brother. Good to see you so, again. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Enjoyed every second of it, and thanks for having me, you guys. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks, Tim. All right, so there it is. I got to experience the Tim and Tom show. I hope, <laughs> hope our listeners enjoyed that. That was that was awesome. I love all the shows that we have done and are going to do, but that was a special one for me. Tim Waters uh, today, he and I played together in L.A., and it's a running joke with all the play, players from L.A. at that time. It was Tim and Tom. So Robbie Fatorik and Rob, uh, Brian Maxwell loved us and play us all the time. So Tim and Tom. Yeah, you guys, you can see you had good chemistry even now, yeah. 30 years later, yeah. you know, as you tell your stories and you you, you talk. It's, uh, it was really cool to see. Yeah, good, man. He was uh, like, well, it's, people ask me all the time who some of my favorite players are, and you can't have just one guy that's played, but he is Well, one Tom of, Laidlaw is your favorite player. Well, there's no question about that. Everybody else comes second. Yeah, good point for you, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Great show. Yeah, it was a, a really good show. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.